This week on Your Father's Trek Podcast, we're going to talk about Picard Season 3, Episode 7. We're going to go through and talk about uh, everything that happened there or everything that didn't happen there, as well as talk about some awesome things to watch in addition to it, and even some of the news that came out today about some of the shows coming. All this and more for the amazing low price of free, only here on Your Father's Trek Podcast, and we'll be right back after this really cool new intro video if you're watching, but if you're listening in the car, it's going to sound a lot like last week. Podcasting. That ritual performed by middle-aged men seeking broadcast validation in the internet age. What you are about to listen to is two longtime fan break down concepts and ideas of all Star Trek media. We will inform, we will entertain, because we are Your Father's Trek Podcast. Sorry, Will as the Old Man Gamer and JP as, well, JP. Talking about new episodes of Star Trek, old episodes of Star Trek, Star Trek comic books, Star Trek video games, Star Trek the Flamethrower, and anything else they feel like, because hey, it's their cast. So sit back, relax, have a beverage of choice, Unless you're driving, and for God's sake, pay attention to the road. Here are Will and JP talking track. Mr. Warp, open hailing frequency. All right, and we're here. Uh, we recorded about three minutes of an episode, and then we lost power, so... We're back again, though, this time for for reals. Um, hope you all are doing well. Uh, my name is Will, otherwise known as Old Man Gamer. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to the show. We are very excited to be here tonight. I'm glad to introduce my co-host, uh, my buddy, my pal, JP, sir. How are you tonight? I'm doing wonderful, especially considering the stuff in the past that we're not going to talk about that became the focal point of all my... Being and moaning. Oh, what? What? You you mean like the snow stuff that you brought up earlier? No, the no. Oh, the, oh, your shoulder. Oh, shoulder don't stuff. take that. You can't take that seriously. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't want to give not, you a I'm complex. Not, I, I didn't. No. Oh, I feel like I'm feel like I'm like no. you know. Oh, now I feel it, bad. I'm no. gonna give you a complex. I mean, I I don't want to give you a complex, man. <laughs> no, it's it, no, it's at my shoulder is actually a lot better today than it was. I did go to the uh, orthopedic acute care, and they gave me a course of steroids, and it, that knocked out about ninety-five percent of the pain. So we're good to go. Well, that's good. That that makes me very happy to hear. Um, lots of stuff coming our way today, and I don't think I can do this. Let me see. Uh oh. Oh no! I'm just trying to do something here. I'm trying to broadcast on our discord and i don't think it's going to work so i'm just going to stop that live show <laughs> um and i think it's actually going to slow my computer down to a crawl so actually uh yeah tons of tons of stuff has been going on what's been new with you anything exciting or just prepping for the next two rounds of snowmageddon <laughs> we're supposed to get tonight <laughs> tomorrow and then tuesday uh, another wave oh, I, I feel for you i'm gonna be in the 60s so 
I'll salute my brother. Oh, tonight yeah. I am drinking. I opened it on the first version of the show. Uh, I'm drinking tonight a fat Scotsman Scotch Ale. Uh, 8.6% alcohol by volume. So um, this show is going to get really good right around the third act. <laughs> so we have got, you know, lots has been going on with me. I'm streaming a little bit more of Snap, uh, Marvel Snap content lately. I, I, I discovered something new. Um, the actual uh, second dinner has an official Snap Discord, and they have voice channels in there. And I noticed people were streaming games all the time in there, right? And I'm like, well, if they're going to stream in there, why shouldn't I, as a content creator, stream in there as well? You know, get get the word out about Old Man Gamer, and. It's kind of been great because what happens is guys show up and they start talking in the voice chat. And and so now they become a part of the show. Like if it's a kid, I got to be like, listen, you got you got to go. I can't, you know, I mean, you can hang out. What I do is I mute them because, I mean, I think there's like laws about broadcasting a kid's voice. Uh, at, you know what? Whether or not there's a law, just not sure there if you're comfortable about it. Yeah, But like last night. Um, if you check the stream out on my Twitch channel, Old Man Gamer NY, uh, I had a dude just hanging out in there all night. And he's like talking about stuff. It was like, all right, this is cool. This is good. This is content. This is great. I have completed Pool 4. I have all of Pool 4's cards, which is awesome and fantastic. It means I'm 12,000 tokens away from having a complete set until they start releasing new cards next month. So, but I was going to say in like four days or something like that. Yeah. Well, they haven't said what they're going to do. Usually you get one week to kind of, they take the first week of the new season to kind of let you get your feet under you and you get the new card that comes with the season pack. And then they start dropping like cards every other, every week after that. I'm not sure how much of those I'm going to get because to be quite honest, I need to make sure I get enough for high evolutionary. The may drop that card's going to change everything. Um, all those cards you have that have no abilities, High Evolutionary is going to give them abilities. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And again, this is not the, uh, you know, Marvel Snap podcast hour. But, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun playing Marvel Snap. And, you know, we my wife's ex-husband, he did have his kidney. He got his new kidney. He's still up in uh, the hospital here in, in uh, the Capital Region in New York. And he's, he's resting comfortably. Nick, if you're listening... I'll be surprised because you hate the internet, but, um, you know, hope you're feeling well. Um, we'll probably go up there this weekend. But, you know, right now, we have an amazing show tonight. We're going to talk a lot about uh, Episode 7 of Dominion. Uh, or Episode 7 of Picard called Dominion. Um, All right, and that's the end of our show. Have a yeah, great yeah, night. Yeah, welcome to the show. Yeah, this, this uh, you know, spoiler alert, I got some feelings on the subject. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to talk about that, and then we're going to talk a little bit. You know, obviously we're going to get into uh, some speculation on our part as far as you know what we think is going to be happening, how things are going to go down. Um, then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news that came out today. Uh, there was some news that you know showed up uh, as far as you know another Star Trek show they're putting together, and I I definitely have feelings on that as well. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, wear, we'll finish off as we normally do. So um, hopefully we have time for Matt Damon. Yes, that's right. I'm even going Kimmel here, folks. Uh, but no, uh, let's, uh, you know, if you've got nothing else, dude, to talk about here in, in, uh, in, 
hailing frequencies, we might as well go ahead and get ourselves right into the episode. What do you think? Well, let's go ahead and press that button. All right, let's hit it. Engage. No, don't engage. Um, energize. energize. That's what we say in this room. Okay. Picard, Season 3, Episode 7, titled Dominion. Directed by Deborah Campmeyer and written by Jane Maggs. Not by Terry Metellus. And it's ridiculously obvious. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit here, JP, about what the episode was about? Um, would you like to hear it again? <laughs> That's what we this, call humor, folks. Um, this was a nothing episode. I, I don't know that I'd go so far as to call it a nothing, but it definitely was yeah it it it, it, it made it, a couple plot points and pushed the story forward a little bit but i think it could have been done in half the time if not less i i have to agree with you it it, it this episode all right uh you know again spoiler alert it my overall feeling is this is definitely they were like we have Nine and a quarter really great stuff coming. Okay, so how the hell do we fill out the other 75%? Well, lucky number seven. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. Uh, but, all right. Now, and it's like, I could seriously, I can imagine what the writing room was like. Was like. They were like, okay, if we're going to make an episode like this, um, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, we're going to need a guest star. Uh you know, I think we've kind of played out the the guest stars from TNG. Well, what about Darmok? Paul Winfield died 20 years ago. Damn it. Okay. Um, and then somebody gets the genius idea to be like, what's Tim Russ up to these days? <laughs> you know, and and I'll tell you right now, that was the highlight for me. Like, yeah. that for me was the best part of the episode. Um, but it's obvious this was 100% a filler episode to get them to the final endgame, which is what I thought episode five was. So the fact that they're kind of, you know, it's kind of like, okay. And I said it before in episode five, I'm like, well, you got to kind of have this to shift and I get it. But, you know, you worked so hard to bring everybody back together almost only to split them up again, walking dead style. And, Mm -hmm. and then, and you give us this episode where literally almost nothing happens. Now, a lot is done. All right. A lot is said. There is a this is an exposition episode as the day is long. They are so expository as to almost need a suppository. Oh wow, that was poetic. But I uh-huh. mean it, it 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 was exposition for exposition's sake. It and again, I think I said this last week that that one of the problems I have with Metallus sometimes is he's a teller, not a shower. He's going to tell you things. He's not going to show you things. And so we get ourselves into this position where, you know, and we'll, we'll go through a beat-by-beat beat breakdown. It'll probably be rather short. Um, but long story short of it is, you know, basically Act 2 consisted of nothing more than Vatic's Vatic doing an info dump of how she came to be. And you don't know how much of it's true. And, of course, there's things missing. And of course, again, Starfleet's the asshole, and it, it's it's the problem I have with Trek these days. It's Starfleet used to be this thing that you would aspire to. Starfleet used to be this thing that you know that that 
was a utopian thing. And I I think it has to do with our, our time. I think it has to do with our current American culture in that, yeah. you know, for four years and, you know, in, for four years before that for certain people. And then for ever since pretty much almost 9-11, ever since almost the election of 2000. Yeah. It's been it's been kitsch. It's been in the zeitgeist. It's been culturally significant to not trust to not like your government. And and I think that is falling into track. What what kills me is that this isn't the only time our culture's been like this. The original mm-hmm. trek was created during the fucking yeah. Vietnam War. Yes. <laughs> Where everybody hated America. I mean, and and Roddenberry had a vision for and I mean look listen a lot is written about Roddenberry and how great he is and the vision he had the guy was a misogynistic pig this short he was this side of Hermes Hemingway we know this but he had a vision he he did say I want to make a utopian type of thing give people hope for where we're going in the society it was a very very good thing you know he wasn't a perfect man but he was you know he did have a vision and it's like ever since. Certain people have been in charge of Trek, and I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say it now. Alex Kurtzman is the freaking antichrist of of Star Trek. Um, it it's been it's it's been Starfleet is wrong. Starfleet is evil. Starfleet is warmongering. Starfleet is a military institution. Starfleet is out to kill you, and they are horrible people. And da 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 da. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of tired of it. I, I'm I'm tired of that, and I understand yeah. this Dominion storyline and the and the changelings that you know to have skin in the game, to to have a conspiracy storyline, you have to have Starfleet be in jeopardy, and you have to have Starfleet be the bad guy. Okay, okay, you've got that. All right, I I'm I'm understanding that, but it has to end soon. Yes. If Star Trek is going to continue, it has to end soon. Because white right now, Star Trek is white noise. I I do feel that way. I feel that Star Trek has become white noise in this culture of everything sucks, everything is awful, we're all divided, right wing, left wing, militant, non, all of this stuff. Okay, we all, everybody is on separate sides of the aisles, nobody's talking. And, and... Trek used to be a way to escape some of that mm-hmm. in every yeah. iteration that they were created. Okay, in the 60s, it was obviously the Vietnam War. In 87, when Next Gen came out, don't forget, we had had seven years of Reagan. We had had a pretty divided country in some regards, but also a bit of a more militaristic, jingo type of society. You follow that up with Bill Clinton. And, you know, it had this, it had this way of being like, things are going to work out okay. Keep going, keep getting through this stuff. Yeah. And it just, it's churned into this, you know, they want to tell these, I get it. You want to tell these political stories. You want to make a statement. This is art, and I understand it's art, but, man. But don't make the the main people into bad guys. Yeah, and they have it. It's not like Picard's a bad guy. It's not like, you know. It's the the main organization. Like, it's. It used to be Starfleet against the Romulans, the Klingons, the Ferengi in the beginning, the the Borg, you know, the Changelings, yep. the Dominion. It used and Starfleet was something to aspire to. Starfleet had this reputation for being an organization of peace and an organization of explorers, and 
in the last 10 to 15 years. Actually, I'm just, you know what? No, I'm going to say it, 2009. Well, not so much 2009. 2011 or 2012, whenever Into Darkness. Ever since Into Darkness, ever since Kurtzman had more of a voice in Trek, we have gotten that Starfleet sucks. Starfleet is a militaristic institution. Uh, Into Darkness was about the fact that Starfleet wanted to go to war. Um, Star Trek Beyond was the fact that Starfleet left these guys out in the middle of nowhere, and so we're going to go and destroy Starfleet. You know, it, 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 and then you've got Discovery, and Discovery started out with we can't trust the captain, and it, it, it all, it's always, and then Picard, gee, don't even get me started on Picard <laughs> season one and two. I'm yeah. tired of it. I am tired of it. I need you to do something positive. I need you guys to turn this around. But I get it that this is where we're at. This episode needed more. It needed a little less exposition. I think they should have probably, you know, they could have focused on Rafi and Worf investigating at this all. whole Riker thing. And 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 had the invasion of the Titan be the B plot, actually. But I also understand yeah. you you gotta pay salaries. Amanda Plummer, I am certain Amanda Plummer did not come cheap. All no. right. She is a she is I think she's Oscar winning. If she's not, she's been nominated. I mean, she's a well known right. actress, she's a well known character actress. She's Hollywood royalty, she's born to Christopher Plummer. I have no doubt in my mind. Okay, that the budget for this, this was a budget cut episode. All right. They they talk about it in every story. I love this. I I forget what the name of the book is, and I'll look it up here, but you know, while I'm talking. But there was a book I was listening or reading, I think it was called These Are the Voyages, um, where it was just a bunch of interviews, okay? And they talk about um they talk about how the bottle show came around, how they invented the bottle show, which was, you know, because Next Generation was kind of expensive. And, right. you know, so they were like, okay, to, to keep budgets down every couple – all right, it was a 50-year mission. I'm sorry. Um, they're like, every couple of episodes, we have to – It's so 50-year mission, you got to look it up. It's great. They're like, every couple – you know, every season, there's got to be two or three episodes where we don't leave the ship. So that – and some of those are the best episodes of Next Gen. I mean, Lower Decks. Prime example. One of the right. absolute best episodes. They never leave the ship. Um, you know, the episode... And, of, and they don't make any new sets. Either. Right. And that's what it is. They don't make new sets. There's not a lot of guest stars. I mean, they brought in some guest stars because you had to deal with people that were lower. But, right. you know, they got them for a song. Um, I was going to say, they got no-name yeah. people that were just more ha more so happy to be there and have a job. Right. So it's... I get that you have to have a bottle show. I 100% understand it. I'm I'm fine with it. I and and I'm assuming that you're doing this because you budget the show for a season and you start talking to your effects guys and going, "Okay, this space battle in episode 9 and 10, um yeah, uh we're we're going to need we're going to need some serious money for that." And so they're like, "Okay, we'll we'll do the episode in the nebula, we'll throw a rock and then they'll stay on the ship and we'll have this and then Episode seven, we'll have them pretty much stay on the ship, and we'll we'll cut the cast in like a third. You know, we'll pay, we'll have Jonathan Frakes because we're paying him anyway for you know half an hour. We'll have you know, but we won't have Troy, we won't have Rorf, we won't have Rafi. Okay, I can get behind that. Okay, I can, 
but I kind of wish they had gone the other way. I don't. I think they learned their. Le- Here's the thing. I think they learned their lesson last season. I think there was one or two episodes of Picard where you never saw Picard, or if you did, he was like in the background. Right. You know, while they were in L.A. and they were dealing with Rafi and Seven and shit. So I can understand where they're like, uh, we don't want to do that again. So I get why it happened, but it, it feels like the circumstances dictated the writing as opposed to having the writing be organic. I think yeah. they they had to they had a place where they had to end up. They're like, okay, at the end of episode seven, Vatic's got to be in command of the Titan. Um, shit's got to go down. You know, uh, everybody has to be split up. Lore has to be plugged into the ship so he can do crazy stuff. So next episode we could talk about lore, and you know it's so it's it's backwards writing. And then they're saying, how do we get there? And that's how we end up with this episode. I mean, what do you think? Am I am I off? Or? No, no, you're you're you are one thousand percent on the money there. It's a, it was painfully obvious that they had to have budgetary concerns with this episode. Yeah. I, I almost would have rather them just not have it and work those scenes into, you know, move a little bit of episode six, maybe end at episode five with Jordy, you know, and have episode yeah. six deal with, or end episode five with Worf showing up on the ship and them having that big powwow and deciding to go right. to see Jordy and end it there. And then episode six, you know, episode six, six yeah. being half taking this, cut it down in half you could still get and then to, add the yeah the titan add the data stuff and then you have Worf and Rafi next episode just looking for Riker and Troy I I get it all right I understand it I mean it just was a it was a lot of exposition um likewise I do feel like there was a disconnect um the biggest one of the biggest things I realized was lore and data they they talked about they're like well there's four personalities in there we have lore and Data, and B4, and Alton Soon. And I like that they said Alton Soon. Five. Five. No, no, that's just it. Watch it again. He said four. They forgot about Lal. They've already written her off? I, I missed that again. Yes, man. that it pissed me off. I'm like, you went out of your way to mention her twice in the last episode. And, and I get it, because you could sit there and go, well, she's a part of Data, and we're just kind of lumping her in there. No, you, you, you screwed up. Yeah. Um, I, I liked some parts of that. I, I, I loved watching Brent Spiner do his thing. Um, because holy shit that, that guy is an amazing actor and you see, you know, you didn't get to see say, it very you much. You talk about, oh, yeah, ahead. you talk about shapeshifters. Yes. Brent Spiner is one. Yes. And he, he does it. And it, I mean, you don't get to see, you never really got to see that on track because it was always cut edits because he was the second person. To be able to have him switch between them, and I mean mid-conversation, mid-sentence, and when he does it, he changes his the cock of his head. He goes mm-hmm. from, yes, Captain, I am Lore, and I'm here to kill you. you know, And I mean, just this incredible transformation yes. and an incredible Oops. talent. Um, I, I could have had more of that, I, but again, shitty writing. Shitty writing. It... Lore was not a force for chaos. Lore was always... Lore was a petulant child. Yes. He was always written as the... the he was... Honestly, he was written as Cain. All right, from the Bible. He was written as the brother who was passed over for the more perfect son. 
And so he always had problems with, I mean, it, and I, I'm not trying to proselytize here. I'm just, I've always felt that Cain and Abel is data and lore. And, you know, and so having these two brothers and having one brother be kind of evil. And it, so that's where this whole trope comes from. And it was always about, and I mean, the best part was when you saw data and lore in, uh, it was brothers. Yeah. The episode where they find Dr. Soon. Yes. Um, you know, and Lore gives us all, I mean, that's again, telling, not showing, but Lore gives it to us. He's like, why didn't you fix me? It was within your power to fix me, you know? And he's like a petulant child and he knows what he's doing is wrong. And he, you know, and he's, and but here, he does it anyway. Yeah. And here, you know, Jordy's like, he, he just loves the chaos and he, and I'm like, I'm not buying it. You didn't earn that. He never... It was never about the chaos. It was always a plan. He always had a plan. You know, right. I, I love what they're like. Has he always been this arch? I'm like, yeah, kind of, if you think about it. But it just, yeah, it was one of those episodes. I mean, you know, guys, I'm going to, we're going to break it down for a little bit. We'll give you kind of some of the beats. Um, you know, we kind of touched on Tuvok. That's the big reveal this week, the big surprise. Yeah. And it was right at the top of the show. I was a little annoyed with Paramount Plus because I I tend to watch with the uh, subtitles on because sometimes just mm-hmm. their their audio quality isn't that good and a voice will go low and I really want to know and I'm watching it with the subtitles and if you watch it go back and watch it with subtitles on she's yeah. talking to a screen they're not showing us who it is you hear a voice and it you should mm-hmm. be able to identify Tuvok if you're a fan but it, and then it said right there Tuvok Tuvok and yep. it, for me it blew it. Because they wanted that reveal shot, you know, of it goes, you watch the camera, you know, goes around, goes around uh, Seven's left shoulder, and then it goes to the screen, and you see, and there's a reveal shot there. Why the hell didn't it just say man? Like, why didn't it say, you know, male voice, you know, blah, 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 blah. By saying Tuvok, you blew the reveal. But in any event, I was, it was so good to see him. You know, I loved yeah. him, Russ. I, he's Star Trek royalty. He's been, you know, a Vulcan. He was on uh, Generations. He was the ensign there on the Enterprise B. Yeah. You know, I just love him. I thought it was great. What did you think of that? I mean, yes, I, I love Tim Russ. Great guy. Great actor. I It took me out of it a little bit. Okay. That, that his ears looked so huge yeah they were a little bit different <laughs> it it almost looked like romulan green goblin ears they instead looked of romulan vulcan ears the romulans always had more pronounced ears vulcans were tended to be more in and that could uh, here's the thing as i understand it they say that your ears are the only thing that grows you know uh, that will consistently grow throughout your lifespan mm. so tim russ's ears got bigger okay i could get around that a little bit um, you know, and I, I love this thing they did there. She, and you could tell she's testing him and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, they show the, the Lieutenant off to the side who is a Vulcan and she's reading and she's like, they're doing a lie detector thing and things look good. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get like the, we're unable to tell if it's a lie or not. And seven drops the Calto thing and two box. Like if I recall, you beat me at Calvo count, tal, Calto countless times. 
and I don't know if you noticed this. It's me as a music major. I did. She gets a smile on her face, and it's the Voyager theme. And I'm I, like, I, did, I didn't I'm catch like, it. Oh. I hadn't. I had the volume way down again. Yeah, trust me. Go watch it again. The Voyager. They play the Voyager theme in the background, and I'm like, this is great. Wow, so cool. And then she immediately, she's like, meet me here. And she's like, no Vulcan would go here. They they had the, uh, they had the, uh, the. Colonar uh, riots or something like that. They had the colonoscopy riots. No, <laughs> colonar <laughs> riots. And, and and you know that uh, my neural net was, was uh, fixed by my friend Tuvok on Voyager. And again, Tim Russ does the same thing. You immediately see him like smile. And he's like, mm. and he gets this cocky air to him. Oh yes, it was. Yeah, I I loved. It. I I had high hopes at that point. I'm like, shit. If the rest of the episodes like this, um, it, and then uh, spoiler alert, it. it was not. <laughs> um, so they they cut it off before they can track them. Um, so they kind of then they do the first exposition dump of where Rorf and Rafi went. Which, again, I thought Worf was going off on his own. They didn't say Worf and Rafi before. He's like, I will find no. him, Commander, or Captain, or Admiral, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, we see we see Vodic in her scene with her hand skull thingy. Um, you know, and again, they kind of mention that their races are different. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that she's working with the Great Ling Changelings. But I also believe that they no longer consider her because she can maintain her form. I won't be surprised. Right. I won't be surprised to find out they can't link in the Great Link. So, you know, yeah. and it's and basically they kind of do that. She's like, "Well, da 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 da." We're and they're like, "Find him, find him." It it was kind of yeah. well. We've seen it. We've seen the scene. It was on the ready room. Yeah. Um, now. They did say prior prior to this, they're that they were when they went to talk to Data for a while, yes. and there's something in Picard's body that they wanted. Right, I was going to bring that up next. So oh. they they talk, you know, they have their little powwow again, and Jordy's like, "Well, we know somebody we can ask." Um, they they activate Data lore and give us another exposition of exactly how this works, and again, a completely different explanation than last week. Where they never even mention Lal. So again, I'm already like, now I'm starting to get a little nervous. Now I'm like, oh shit. There's a whole lot of talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, Data is, he. we've talked about it. Brent Spiner does his thing. He's amazing at it. Um, he goes and starts talking about all this stuff. Uh, and, he, and he shares that, you know, I guess he... So was he saying that aromatic syndrome is not what Picard has? I was a little confused on that too. It uh, it sounded like the aromatic syndrome may be something that gets caused by like something else that we don't the, yet track. Yeah, and that that kind of I'm not sure how I felt about that. Um. Again, it, it feels like a bit of backward writing. I don't think they... I think they know what they want to do. 
But I, I watched a video last week, and I can't remember the streamer's name. I will try to link to it somehow. Uh, but he he kind of broke down the problem he's having, and, and it was something I said similarly, is that this season-long mystery, this mystery box idea, I don't think it's working for Star Trek. Um, because you get episodes like this where, you know, last week they had to make us think that Jack just had aromatic syndrome. Now they have to, you know, it's obvious that Jack doesn't have aromatic syndrome, and they that Picard may never have had it. It's it's this constant like, it, it's lazy writing, it's lazy mystery writing, and it's doing it to just it. And now that I think about it, wasn't Alex Kurtzman associated with Lost? All makes uh, fucking I, sense. <laughs> actually, I was gonna equate it more to House. Yeah, it's the same. And, uh, I gotta find that out now. I think Kurtzman was a part of Lost, and if that's the case, I, I take it back. <laughs> he, he, you know, it, this is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact is, you know, it it is what it is. Um, they, I don't think they know what they want to do. I really don't. I I don't think they have any idea. Uh, what it is well, they they want to to be in part of, you know? Um, I, I, I think that they, like you've said, they have their end goal in mind. Right. And he wasn't a part of how Lost. They he just get worked there. with Abrams a lot. So, but yeah, go ahead. But how they get there, they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that's, that to me is pretty obvious. Um, and I, I don't understand why you're still trying... You can't be trying to figure it out, though. It's not like this is reality TV and shit happens and so we have to change it. It's it's the fact that they're not... It's not consistent. So, yeah, it, and I it think, seems like I, they're like, well, this this audience won't know. And again, we're not Star Wars fans. I mean, I am. We are Star Wars fans. But this isn't a Star Wars thing. All right, Star Wars, let's face it... You, Star Trek's a Maybe different Koreans? caliber as far as as far as valuing intelligence, really. I mean, Star Wars is kind of like a shoot 'em up space opera western thing. Trek has always been much more sci-fi nerd, you know, right. incredibly intellectual. We're all into you know valuing education, valuing science. I just, it's like sometimes they forget who the frack they're writing for, and. and- I think doesn't wouldn't that then be, lay heavily on the shoulders of the showrunner? That would be Metallus. Make sure things are consistent. I don't. I I do not worship at the altar of Metallus. I really don't. I think he's better than Kurtzman. I do, but I don't think. But that's a low bar. He's, yeah, honestly, you know who I wish they would tap. I really do. I mean, when he. I mean, I know he's doing Outlander and he's got a few other things, but. Ronald D. Moore wrote some of the best Trek ever, especially for these characters. Their voice—I mean, yeah. his his interpretation of their voice. Damn it! Like, get Ronald D. Moore back. You know, have him run a show. Oh my honestly, god! I give for anything it, for that. This will this will let people into one, another of my sci-fi geekery moments. Galactica. I would love to see J. Mike Straczynski do some stuff. Uh, that'd be like George Lucas doing it. You can't. You can't. You really can't. It, Babylon 5, he drew a line in the sand. 
You know, there are very few. I don't know very many Trek people. You're one of the few, man. And I, that's why I love you. Because most people are like Babylon 5 or Trek. And, you know, that's, I don't. And there was so much said during that in the old days. Like their little war between yeah. DS9. I don't see yeah. how you let Straczynski in. I'd like to see it. I I wasn't. I watched a bit of Babylon Five. It never grabbed me. But I I mean, well, I, go ahead. I was in hook, line, and sinker on it. Were you really for the, uh, for the full five year run? Yeah. I, give me DS Nine any day. What? <laughs> what? What's that? Give me DS Nine any day. <laughs> but I I get, you're not wrong. He's one hell of a showrunner, and he's one. I just don't know that it would be very interesting to see him take over track because i i don't know how their fans would react because we can be pretty damn toxic when we want to be case in point yeah. this episode i should have put a warning like hey as positive as we get it might be a bit toxic tonight <laughs> um it's tough it's tough i yeah. so metallus i mean yeah again this is better than than if kurtzman was running which he was season one um and I think season two he had a lot to do with. I think they split, like he took over halfway through season two. Um, I I'm not sure, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it's I'm struggling with some of the direction they're going. I, I'm hoping that yeah. they kind of pull us out of it. Um, they're they're kind of in their like forty years in the wilderness. Yeah, moments right now. Right, and with only three episodes left, we need to. Get well, that's just it. I think next episode... Get the wheels in motion. You know, uh, I, I've heard talk, some people who got pre-screenings, like, I think they got the first eight episodes. They're like, seven and eight should have been one episode. They're like, a lot of a lot of exposition, so I get the feeling in eight, shit's gonna, ha- shit's gonna go down. Well, you have to. Because you can't do Frontier Day in one episode. I think the end of the next episode has to be them warping into Earth for Frontier Day. And Frontier Day is a two-day, two-episode arc. Um, yeah. But in any that way... Be good. You know, basically, w- Lore is kind of like... Data's telling him about the Aromatic Syndrome. Um, they're t- kind of wondering if they should delete Lore from his programming. And Jordy's like, you know what? I have no idea how this is put together. I barely knew how the original Data worked. This is a work of art. He's like, I don't think we can. He's like, if we lift the partition, there's every chance that Lore's stronger personality is going to overwrite Data. And and Jody's like, and that was LeVar Burton. Okay, that was cool. His his moment where he's like, you know, losing you broke me. He's like, I can't do it again. You know, and when he's like losing Data, it bro- and then he's telling Data, he's like, I never got over, you know, you leaving. He's like, I, I was changed because you, you were dead. Great stuff, really. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, the other big thing that was kind of going on was Jack and Sydney. They're kind of having their little flirtation. And Jack's kind of getting the red eyes again. And then something yeah. fracking just, again, what the absolute F? What in the hell yeah. is going on now? So all of a sudden, Jack and Sydney are on the turbo lift. And he's talking, you know, he's kind of getting a little moves on. He's like, what's your quarters like? Mine's a little larger. You know, I got a cracking little suite, you know. And she, he's pretty much enjoy, inviting her to join her there. Yeah. And it's basically my place or yours. Yeah. And she starts, she starts thinking about him. And, you know, she's trying to like, 
she's I, I forget how she's putting it, but she's basically like, you know, I got to make him work for it a little more. You know, it's not even like he's touching my hand. And so he then reaches out and kind of strokes her hand. She's like, why did you do that? And she's starting to become kind of freaked out because mm-hmm. he basically read her mind. What the yes. hell? So now he's a telepath? I'm like... Uh-huh. Not, not, not even Betazoid, full-on telepath. Yeah. Honestly, now I'm sitting here going, is this Riker's son? Like, is this Riker and Troy's son and the, the changelings took him? I, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, which will piss yeah. me off still, but I, I that was the only thing I could think of, and we'll talk about it in speculation. Um, it's obvious that Sydney was a little freaked out. Um, Jack goes up to the bridge. He starts trying to talk to Picard, um, and basically, you know, he's 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 like, "Listen, I'm going to turn myself in." He's like, "Will Riker has a, a wife and a daughter, and." this isn't worth it. I can't die. And Picard really trying yeah. to stop him. And then they come up with this idea to, to bait Vatic and the other ship. Right. Um, you know, cause Will Riker's prefix code was set, which is a way for a captain to tell you that he's been taken and he's in trouble. Um, Vatic and the crew get a, get an alert from a Starfleet vessel that they found the Titan and that it's dead in space. They show up, uh, you know, and basically, for some weird reason, there's no security personnel whatsoever. But Jack and Sydney are gonna take down the changelings. Um, well, again, I guess shitty. I guess all the security people uh, got be- beamed off over to the. Uh, Intrepid. It's shitty writing. I don't care. No, yeah, the, the security people would be the last people you would beam off. Like you know, it, well, even Roe would be well, like. You're going into battle. You're going to need some security. Like, because Roe was deciding who was leaving. You can't tell me right. that. Because she knew what was going to happen. She knew she was going to send Picard off on his own. There's no way she would take the security people. Again, lazy, stupid writing. <laughs> um, You know, so they're on the ship. Sydney and Jack, you know, they trap a few changelings. And then they get trapped. Um, And they're stuck in a force field. Jordy's trying to get them out. And he can't. All of a sudden, Lore shows up and locks him out of the the room he's in. He's he's in control of computer. He's taking control of the the Titan computer. And Vatic is running around. She goes to sick bay. Beverly and Picard trap her in a uh, hermetically sealed force field, where we now get the info dump of all info dumps of where Vatic comes from. And meanwhile, um. You know, we, we get Lore again. He's taking over more and more of the ship. They can't beam Cindy out. Jordy's starting to really lose it. He thinks he's going to lose his daughter. Um, and, you know, they cut back to Picard and Beverly. And we'll talk about this in speculation. There's an interesting scene with Beverly and Vatic, where Beverly is talking mm-hmm. to Vatic by herself. And Vatic is behaving in a very strange, non vatic way. And then when Picard shows up, she kind of starts chewing every piece of scenery again. She goes through her situation. What she is and what the others are, are changelings that were taken by the the Federation, supposedly, and experimented on for Project Proteus, for the the, the virus that was going to kill all the changelings. Um, and they, they were how they were experimenting on them. Starfleet. Starfleet was experimenting Starfleet took on them. POWs right. and right. 
subjected them to I don't care fair. that it's Section 31. I don't care. They went out of their way to say this is a Section 31 facility. I call bullshit. I, I, I'm I sorry. Someone has over... Someone oversees thir- 31. Yeah, it's, it's horse crap. It's absolute junk. And in any event, um, they kind of... They, they, she, she shares with them. She's like, I, you know, I killed the, the woman who created us. And then I took her face and, and they were like, why? So I'd always remember, you know, and it's just, it, 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 again, it reveals something we needed to know, but in the most clunky and clumsy way. Long drawn out. So, you know, meanwhile, the, the four shields are failing um, between Jack and Sydney, and and they fail all together, and then a force field comes up between them from Lore. Lore's fu- Lore's screwing with them. He's gonna make Jack watch Sydney die. Meanwhile, Jack fights off his changeling with like thirty seconds. He phases him dead, and then he uses his mental powers that he's never had before now, and apparently. Puppeteers Sydney beating the other one. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The do ek machina just, of that is is beyond. They are stretching credibility, and we're talking about a show that makes explosion noises and pew pew in space. Okay. And you th- you're stretching and you credibility. Thought, <laughs> and you thought that the sons of Crusher. The Deus Ex Machina would be Wesley all the time. Oh, oh I still... Oh, that's still coming. <laughs> Mark my words. <laughs> we'll see Wesley. Um, you know, and so they, they do that. Meanwhile, Jordy tries to haggle and, and reach Lore and Data. Um, you know, he, he appeals to Lore, he appeals to Data. Data breaks through, and but it's, too, it's really too late. You know, he gets through and he gets through with uh, Jordy because, v- meanwhile, Vatic and Picard, during all this, Lore shuts down the force field in sickbay. So now Vatic can escape. Vatic escapes through an upper portal and all this, and she, you know, starts running through Jeffrey's tubes or whatever they call him here. Um, you know, uh, Captain Shaw gets on, gets on a terrible lift, and... All of a sudden, Vatic is there as well. She beats the living daylights out of him. Um, drops him on the bridge. Her and her people arrive on the bridge. They hold a blaster or a phaser to Seven's head. She takes control of the ship. Declares herself the captain. We cut through the ship where we see Jordy and his one daughter there together with Lore Data. We show Picard and Beverly sitting in sickbay. We show Jack and Sydney kind of running around. And she's like, I am Vatic, captain of the USS Titan. And show. Yep. Literally. What the absolute hell. It was... It, I, I got to the end of it and I'm like, that was an hour? Nothing happened. Nothing... I mean, you, you, you literally... Again, that's how they wanted to end it. Captain of the USS Titan. Cliffhanger. Yep. 
<sighs> but at least we know how to track the changelings now. Yes. They did find that. They out. did find that. Again, they needed it. Well, again, you have to because we're moving forward and we're going to need to know how to do this. <sighs> so, yeah, that's kind of the episode in a nutshell. Uh I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, we've kind of beat we've kind of kicked the dead horse here, but yeah. I mean, there's I just Ugh. I know. Let's. Why don't we go ahead and do our geek to geek here, and we'll come back yeah. and speculate. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game, or just make some new friends, it's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars. Comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. I feel a little toxic fandom right now, but why don't we beam up? <laughs> Scotty, beam me up. Okay, speculation. We don't mean to be so toxic, guys. I apologize. Um, all right, so let's kind of break down some stuff here. We obviously still had some questions. The the biggest one I think we have to talk about is Jack. What what yes. what do you think is going on? <laughs> oh, there. There are so many things that don't make sense. You try to pigeonhole him over here and no, this piece doesn't fit. You pigeonhole him over there. No, this piece doesn't fit. I, I, at this point, I'm just giving up on even trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's, I I mean, again, I still, I'm still leaning toward a half breed of some sort. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh. I just had a thought. My bulb All moment. Right. So, what if the Eremotic Syndrome in Picard came from the Borg implants and the Borg assimilated races? And the Borg, you know, I don't think we've had a Borg have a baby. I don't I don't know of any half, you know, it's not like Seven popped a kid out and I, the only Borg, well, no, they had a bunch of them on the Romulan ship. So, yeah, never mind. Yes. Uh, season one of Picard, which I totally forgot about. I, I'm wondering if more, you know, they did talk about that with the Aromotic Syndrome, and they were like, you know, it may not have been that. I think they're going to try to lean towards when Picard was. I have a feeling it's not about the Aromotic Syndrome, it's not about making a perfect thing of Picard. I keep thinking more and more they want to bring Lacutus back. And Picard's yeah. new body won't have any of the pork implants that were there. And True. Jack's blood, I think Jack, because it's this, well, let's pivot to that. We'll skip two for right now. We'll go to Beverly. All right. The scene where Vatic and her are talking. Okay. Vatic seems like she knows far more about Beverly than maybe even Beverly does. You know, right. I, I forget what she said. But it was pretty much like, you know, do you even know what you are or do you even know what he is? Um, 
you know, it was just she had this this air of I know something you don't know, do da do da. And, you know, she yeah. brings up Wesley. Um, you know, she brings you know, she's like, now you're gonna lose another son just like you lost your first one. Um, yada yada yada. Uh, I'm again I'm pulling up the, the thing we were looking at earlier. But um you know, let me see here, because somebody wrote about it. Um while she took a note, yeah, because Beverly says she took an oath to do no harm. She's beginning to rethink that. Um, you know, he thinks he knows that the changelings are up to with his body, and she doesn't deny it. Instead, she seizes on Beverly's line of questioning about their advanced physiology. She points out that Jack was not for her in the same way he wasn't really for you either. She, you know, she said, pointing to Beverly. I think. I think now more than ever, Beverly is a changeling. Beverly is a sleeper, yeah. sleeper changeling. I think, I think we're gonna find that either Beverly Crusher, the OG Beverly Crusher, is dead, or has been in captivity for all these years. I think Beverly is a sleeper changeling. I think when Picard impregnated her, they had no intention of them having a child together. But because of the aromatic syndrome or the Borg implants or what, they'll invent some sort of reason. And because the Borg had assimilated, had assimilated, uh, that's how they'll give him powers. Because they assimilated yeah. so, Betazoids. And Picard made a baby. And yeah, that's how that works. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Dur at, at the very end of the prison break scene that we're going to have because Worf and Rafi will break Riker and Deanna out. That's the end of the next episode. Wherever they're at. They'll find Beverly in a cell. As as they're running, yep. they'll 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 not know when that's her, but No, they no. will. They'll look and be like, Beverly? Is that you? And and she will look completely different. You know, she'll be haggard yep. and Yeah. I think you're. I think. Yeah. I think we're right. I think this Beverly, the the line, the big line of that, and and Amanda Plummer sold it. He wasn't really for you. It's like, huh. <laughs> so, I I definitely feel that, you know, that's. I think. I think that's what Jack is. I don't know why he's telepathic. They'll invent a reason. Um, you know, or that changeling. Well, I don't know. Could did was it did it happen in DS9? Did a changeling ever take a betazoid over and get their powers? But these guys get the organs. Not that I can remember. These guys get the organs of people though. I wonder if they take yeah. over a betazoid, do they get the powers because of how they operate? Oh, that's it. That could be very well what's happening here. Yeah. But again, you're dragging it out too long. You should have told us this already. Yes. Um Yes, we we need to be in on it a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, they're not giving us enough information to keep us interested. They're counting on our goodwill. And and they're it's fine. They've got it. But um But it's waning real yes, fast. Yes, it is. Let's talk a little bit about lore data. What do you think's going on with there? How do you think this is gonna all shake out? Oh, I think man. I really hope this isn't what's gonna happen, but I feel like they're going to end up doing the metaphysical universe where lore talks to data inside data's head and they come together they and they they come together and integrate or, 
I think that's how it's going to happen. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think it's going to take way too long time-wise. Well, it's going to happen next episode. The next episode is... see what happens. The next episode's titled Lore. So I think it happens next episode. Yeah. Because again, Data serves a purpose in the plot. You can't have Data... You can't have the chaos that is lore data running around in your third act. So they're gonna they're gonna resolve it next episode. It's gonna be and it is. I think it's gonna be he's like data is gonna take over somehow, beat lore and and have lore's memory and ability to feel emotions, but control it and be four and the whole nine. And yeah, I, I think that I think that's how that's gonna shake out too. It has to happen next episode because I don't think you can have this going into the last two. We're down to three episodes and they got they've gotta do something. You know, and speaking of that, we're down to three episodes. So who else do you think we can expect to see? I still think Nana Visitor's coming. I I, I would definitely not be surprised if I saw her. I I think you're right about O'Brien. I think O'Brien jumped between two shows. I think getting Cole Meany would be easy. So I think we'll see O'Brien somewhere. Plus it brings I, Cake, it brings Molly and I forget what his son's name is. Keiko. No, his son. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I I think it brings Molly and his other and his son in Was it Julian? It might be Julian. But it brings Molly in to the quote-unquote legacies that that people are talking about. Um, right. I I think we'll see I O'Brien. Think... I think that's all. I I think that's almost a non-starter. I think that's going to happen. I think we'll see Nana Visitor because they're going to want to get somebody from DS Nine or Quark. They'll pull Armin Shimmerman out of mothballs. Um, God, because yeah, he he's been in everything. Right. So, but um, I I expect at Frontier Day to see Admiral Janeway. Yeah, they're bringing her up quite a bit, and and Kate well, and she's already in the Star Trek universe because of Prodigy. Um, yep. so I, I 100% agree with you. Um, you know, I, I would, I wish there was a way, you, you know who they would have had, right? Like Aaron they Eisenberg, would have, they would have had, if Aaron Eisenberg was still alive, we'd have Nog on the bridge of a ship. You yes. know that it sucks that he's not alive. Absolutely. Cause I would have loved to have seen that having Nog and don't fucking recast him. Do not bring out a guy who nope. kind of looks like Aaron. No, no. Aaron, he played that role so well. Yes. I'm sorry. You know, I'd love to see it. I, I think it's going to be, if we're going to get anybody, it's going to be either O'Brien, which will feel like checks the DS nine box. Um, yeah. maybe I think O'Brien Kira, you know, well, we, but I think O'Brien buys you a lot more story wise. Although Kira's, Having Kira dealing with changelings and yeah. being like, "Where's Odo? Say, where Where is Odo?" And have oh my gosh, Vatic look at him and go, "Odo was killed the minute he hit the Great Link. They took him over." And this idea yeah. that holy shit, you know, like <laughs> yeah, and that which feels like you, dark. You brought up, a, yeah, you brought up a, a point that I I'm now going away from them having O'Brien because. As you said, it it, it let, opens itself up to a lot of story. We don't have a lot of time right. left. Well, no, by a lot of story, I mean for the future show because they can introduce Molly. You know, okay. I'd like to see if Janeway is involved. Please give me Paris and give me morale. Bring morale, Paris on. Have her be her 
you know, Janeway's helmsman. Morale was her name, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, give me, give After... me, you know, Paris's daughter as at the helm of the ship. I think that would be fantastic. Listen, I, you know, one of the problems I can have with Trek a little bit lately is that the universe feels fucking small. Like, all of a sudden, you know, the yeah. fact that Seven knows Picard so intimately, but they never met, you know, and all these guys keep kind of dropping in. You know, one of the things they did when there were four Trek shows on at a time is, you know, they might have one crossover a season or every couple of seasons. But for the most part, you know, they were all pretty independent, you know, and it gave yeah. Starfleet the sense of of wideness and bigness. Now you're like, we're bringing all the ships back to Earth. So I, I think we're going to see a shit ton of people. Like the fact that they've brought it up a bunch of times, we're bringing all the ships in. Okay. You're, they're going to call everything out. They're going to bring everything. Now, I don't know how they work Yarin at this point. I don't think they can work Sela in. Um, unless, unless, the. here's how I wish they bring her back. If they do this legacy okay. show, I've never liked the explanation that that the writers had in um, what the hell was the name of the episode there? Well, the, the Klingon War episodes there at the end of season three and four, um, or at the end of season four and five, um, where you know Denise Crosby is like, you know, my mother tried to get me out. I shouted. They captured her. They killed her. I'm like, uh, did they? <laughs> Did they kill yeah, her? and I yeah. could see, and that would be how you could bring, that's how you could bring Yar back, and she'd be the right age. You know, you have Yar show up and be like, yeah. you could have her show up and be like, I was rotting in a Romulan prison until the world exploded, and I was one of the few people, you know, when when the Federation came to take refugees, I they found me in a cell and, and brought me out. And she, oh my God, put her on the, put her on the bridge of a ship. Okay, that would be great. That would be fantastic. This the there's a version for the Enterprise C came and she's now commanding a starship. Why not? <laughs> I don't think it'll happen, yeah. but I don't know how you work her in, no. but I'd really wish they could find a way to bring Denise Crosby in. But that's kind of it. Let's kind of pivot to companion watches because we're getting low on time. Um Yeah. So we've got three here. Uh what do you what you put two down on, I'll talk about mine. Talk about your two there. Okay, so from Deep Space Nine, Season 7, Episode 23, called Extreme Measures. It shows what uh, Julian Bashir. It shows it's, Odo. It's the penultimate episode of the with, series, right? It's the la it's second to last one. Or third uh, to last. It was 23. I, 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 think, they, I think they had 26 oh, okay. that, that season. So, But it, it's up there. Um, basically, Odo already has the disease and... O'Brien and Bashir have to uh, bait a Section 31 person to come to the station so they can root around in his mind and find the cure. Right. Which they end up giving to Odo, and he ends up being fine. And, and then he, he takes then it to the Great transmits Link. it to... Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a good one. I mean, here's the thing. You can't go wrong here. A companion watch should always be Season 6 and 7 of DS9. It's the Dominion War. Uh, you can't, I mean, they started, it's weird because they got kind of strange. They, they started the Dominion stuff at the end of season, I think three, 
and then they kind of pivoted to Klingons for a season and a half, and then they kind of pivoted back to the Dominion. So, yes. all right, what's your other one? All right, the other one is uh, from season seven of Next Generation, episode nine, called Force of Nature. It's a, it, it's a really touching story, and it gets to really showing just the dynamic of Geordi and Data together. Okay, what just, what happens? <laughs> in what way? I'm trying to remember what all happens in that one. I, I remember it's... Uh, Spot gets loaned out to Geordi for a while to see if he would like to have a cat, which he doesn't. Spoiler right. alert. And, and then they're trying... Data is trying to... Uh, house break right spot if you will but it, it's that's that's more the b plot line oh this the is the warp episode really matter this is no this is a very big episode this is the warp ep- this is something that they completely dropped like 10 seconds after they did it um this is the one this was the one about warp the, the, is breaking space it is the warp five episode? yes Okay. So, yeah, it, which they have completely, they're like, uh, uh, what? No, no, we could always fly faster no. than that. What, what are you talking? Yeah. Like, Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I literally felt, I, what, even when I watched that episode, I was like, wow, the writer's room is just like, screw you, Voyager. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 was, I was thinking that the Warp 5 episode had something to do with the, the, scientists with the soliton wave no that was that was this one so okay yeah it's uh remember uh the brother and sister they're eco-terrorists and they sabotage ships because you know you know they sustain warp drive is destroying the fabric of space oh yeah yeah okay so it it, it's one of those weird that was always one of those episodes that kind of i was like "Eh." all right It, it has an interesting concept i don't think you executed very well um, the one I brought up, which I thought was important because, and and it, I bring it up in kind of a tongue-in-cheek way, I, I brought up Iborg, and that's the episode with Hugh. It was season five, episode 23, I think, um, where basically the, the Enterprise finds some Borg on a planet. Uh, two of them are dead. One of them isn't. They bring him back. They nurse him to health. They give him a name. But they bring him back all with the intention of the throwaway line that they used at the end of at the beginning of season th- four, where they talked about the nanites, and as a way to deal with the Borg, and it's decided that they should take Hugh. They're going to take this Borg and inter- and basically perform that perform that uh, that thing. They're going to introduce nanites to him, have him go back, assimilate to the collective, and destroy the Borg altogether. Um, where they're talking, it's basically akin to genocide. And that's where this episode, this is one of the best episodes because it's what you want out of Trek. It's dealing with moral ambiguity and, you know, yes, we've got something we can do that can kind of end this war, but should we end it this way? Like, how is history going to look at us? And the reason I bring it up as a companion watch is um, at the end of Act 1 of this episode of Picard, Beverly's sitting there and she's going, well, we could always do this thingy that does the thing. We could always introduce a virus to the changelings and kill them all. But I hesitate to do that because, you know, I have a problem with genocide. And I'm like, wait, 20 years ago, I'm like sitting here going, okay, this is the second time you've, you've brought up 
effectively wiping out an entire civilization. Are you sure you're... Are you sure you're not okay with genocide? <laughs> I was like, sure your head has gone there twice. Even back then. <laughs> My head has never gone to genocide. I, I'm not somebody who has genocidal tendencies. But now I'm really starting to think that Beverly Crusher has genocidal tendencies. Um, oh, Very well could be. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Can you think of a time when Beverly Crusher was away from the Enterprise for a prolonged period of time? Uh, season two. Season two. What if they took her then? What if the Beverly we have had since season three okay. and through no. all the movies? No. no. <laughs> un- un- unfortunately, unfortunately, that is pre-DS9, pre-S1. Pre wormhole, I know, I know, and, and that I—that's where I would call the bullshit on it. But from a from a simply loving chaos perspective, how I mean, it's the ballsiest thing you could come up with is that Beverly is not Beverly. It hasn't been Beverly for a very long time. Like I'm like, I don't think they have the balls to do that. And plus, she had remembrances I mean, of Wesley maybe. and stuff, but. Yeah, they had to do it after Wesley left. She had to leave the Enterprise because, again, she wouldn't have the history of Beverly, right? So, and that's why they would keep Beverly alive so that they could pump Beverly for information. So, yeah, but somewhere, somewhere during the Dominion War would be that would yeah, and it occurred off screen. I think that's I think we're right about that. I think we're going to find out that she's not Beverly. That Gates is playing a version of Beverly that's not Beverly. Um. And now let's kind of pivot to news here as we kind of start wrapping things up. We got two really great bits of news. The first one being, and this is a surprise to no one, but we were kind of wondering because Paramount's getting weird about money. um, That Strange New World Season 3 has been greenlit. Uh, They begin filming in May. Season 2 is coming out in June. Um, I I could not be happier. Again, Strange New World is on the right track. Uh, it, it has very little to do with Kurtzman. I think that's part of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? Or I mean... I mean, yeah. I Give give me more of the updated Enterprise. NCC 70, 1701. No bloody A, B, C, D, E, right. or F, And G, then blow alphabet. it to hell. And have to refit it to look like a classic <laughs> constitution at the end of the series. Um, yes. That'll, that'll, that's the finale. I don't th- no, I don't think they'll do it. I think they're just going to, they're going to be like, eh, hand wavy. Um, they're like, we showed you a classic constitution last, you know, at the, at the fleet museum. You'll live with that. Um, and then the other really, this should be a happy piece of news. Oh. And at first it was, and then I, I read deeper because here's the thing. I've, I've been hearing talk that Kurtzman is Paramount's pissed at Kurtzman. That's why Discovery's going away. That's why Picard's going away. That they realize that Kurtzman has not been good for Trek. It. I mean, Paramount Plus is losing a shit ton of money every every year. Like they're, you know, they realize they could be better, but they're just really struggling. Well, but Disney is losing a shit ton. Of yeah, money on but their that's because they didn't know when to quit with Marvel. Um, so I I really thought he was going to be out. And then come to find out this this uh, this announcement comes today 
that Star Trek Starfleet Academy has been greenlit. It's going to be out. Uh, it's going to start filming in 2024, so it's probably not going to be out to 2025. Uh, it's going to focus on, you know, a new class of cadets at Starfleet Academy. Um, and yeah, and it's and at first I'm like, great. And then I read Alex Kurtzman is going to be the showrunner. God, God, le- damn, cricket. At, at least he has a partner this time. Hopefully that person will be able to rein He's him He's horrible. In. He's horrible. He doesn't understand Trek. He barely understands plotting. He doesn't get what he's doing. Like, I look at this and go, and Starfleet Academy, I've I've always said, that's a very good show. That is that is a, a vital breeding ground for a really great show that could do a lot. You know, it could reach younger viewers, and it could it could really make some of those political statements that, you know, that Star Trek is known for without seeming like it's hitting you over the head with them because they're based on Earth. This guy is going to freaking ruin it. He's going to ruin it like he ruined Picard season one. He's going to ruin it like he ruined Discovery. He's going to ruin it like he ruined the damn movies of two, the Kelvin universe. It's just, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to be toxic. I know, guys, we try to be positive here. I, I just have to... And I can't deal with Kurtzman. I mean, I'm so excited. Like, there's another thing that came out. It's not official yet. But we are not far off. More and more, now the next-gen cast is like, yes, this is goodbye. Yes, this is our last hurrah. Unless it isn't. <laughs> and they all kind of talk yeah. about this idea of Star Trek Legacies that Metallus has, where he wants to continue telling stories in this universe with the kids of the next generation. You know, put them on a ship. You know, it's which is going to allow people like Worf and, and all that so that they can pop in as guest stars, but have their own ship, go on exploratory missions and things of that nature. I'm kind of okay with and that. And do it in a, yeah, do it as like a two or three episode right. miniseries. And, they don't have to do a full. Uh, no, he's going to do a series. He wants to do like 10 episodes, but I mean, it just, and I want that. I, I think I'm okay with that. I like Jack Crusher. I think he's a great character. They're really building Sydney. Um, they're not doing much with Mika Burton, which I makes me feel like she's not going to really be a part of it. Um, but yeah. you know, it, it's it feels like they're doing something here. They are building. They realize they have a character in Shaw. I still think Shaw's going to die. I think Shaw. I think Shaw is yeah, he, dead. He, I, I I'm wondering if he if Shaw is even alive. Yes, he at was this crying point at, the, in the, at the end of the episode. He was like on the floor in tears. Like he was like, my people are going to die. Like they they keep revealing more of Shaw. They're going to kill Shaw. Shaw is the red shirt yeah. of this season. Um, but yeah, I I I'm I'm excited for legacies. I and they were like, yes, and it's gonna be Metallas. Kurtzman has nothing to do with it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So hopefully and listen, there's it's two years away. Um anything could happen. I still think they're trying to find ways to get Kurtzman out of there. So I mean, and, I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm, I'm, but yeah, I'm looking at the announcement here. It, it, the way it reads, it it signals to me that it's going to be set in the future timeline of discovery because it's, it says no. for the first time in over a century, our campus will be reopened to admit individuals. Blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Talking about stuff. We don't again. want that. We don't want it. No, I mean, w- none of us at want other, it. At what other, at what other point 
is Starfleet. No, I know you're right. I know you're right. I know that that's what it's going to be. But aren't they like a thousand years in the future? Aren't they in three thousand something? I haven't watched Discovery. Uh, I think it was only nine hundred. Close close (sighs) enough. I it which would which would put them seven fifty ahead of of next gen. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I, it, I, it, it, the way it reads, I'm the way I'm reading into it. It's gonna be discovery, new discovery. I don't want it. Nobody, nobody wants it in discovery. Nobody cares. We don't care unless you're gonna freaking trust. You, you, and you're not even gonna bring be able to bring Brent Spiner out because we're aging lore. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. Well, uh, it, there's so maybe, many slip between a cup and a lip. Get... I think things could change. I think they will change it because I yeah. think they're gonna realize they have something here. So, but I think that's going to do it for us. I think we've been negative enough. I don't know about you. (laughs) I guess we should probably close hailing frequencies and start heading out. So, unless you got something else, brother. No. All right, let's hit it. (laughs) Hailing frequencies closed, sir. All right, so as we warp out of this sector, we want to remind you where you can find us. First, you can download our show on most podcatchers, Google, Apple, etc., or just go to podcast.yourfatherstrekpodcast.com. Likewise, please leave us an iTunes review. Even if you don't have an iPhone but have iTunes on your computer, you can leave us a review. Uh, Just go to our page in the podcast store. There is a link on our podcast page. Uh, This does so much to put eyes on the show. We really need them. Please leave us some five-star reviews. And, and leave some great comments of how this show is good. The link for that, again, is on our podcast anchor page. You can also like our YouTube channel and subscribe at youtube.com slash at your father's Trek podcast and follow our Facebook at facebook.com slash your father's Trek. And we also have a website that we're working on to get things up and running. You can find it at your father's Trek podcast.com. And of course, if you want some great gaming content for Marvel snap, Minecraft or anything else, I feel like streaming, please find me on Twitch or YouTube at old man gamer at either Twitch or YouTube. And if you'd like to write us, you can send an email to will at will at your father's trek podcast.com or you can email me at jp at your father's trek podcast.com and on that note that's gonna do it for us this week we are gonna be back next time talking about episode eight hopefully we'll have some fun things to discuss hopefully be a little more positive so for jp and myself i want to thank you for listening and watching tonight telling your friends about the show being a fan and interacting with us however you can and we want to remind you that we'll see you next time out there. That away. All right. <laughs>